Welcome to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, a podcast for managing and growing your legal practice. Lexicon CEO Dan Cuneo and Director of Legal Operations and Training Sarah Rutan Bates discuss how to make your law practice profitable in the modern legal industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Entrepreneurial Lawyer. I am your host, Dan Cuneo, along with my fabulous co-host, Sarah Tan Bates. I got fabulous You did get fabulous All right. right. I'm it's moving Monday. on up. Oh, it's Monday. <laughs> what about oh. your fabulous guest? Do we get oh, that to you? Oh my gosh. You have a good guest. Wow. I guess we'll have to just jump right into it. No more accolades for either one of us. Feeling real Today, we there, have huh? with us Lauren Hoffman, whom I'm sure you know the name and the voice. She is the host of The Lex Factor. Lauren. Lauren. Oh, oh we, we carry it over. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. It's we, we, weird. We the applause, everything. The tables Thank have turned, you. right? Yeah. Does it feel different over there? Yeah, I feel, I feel much more on the spot. Well, you should feel good, though, because truly I think that Dan and I have learned a lot from listening to The Lex Factor, good. you being the host. And what's your co-host name again? Uh... Oh God! Um, what, what's, it's, it's the little a, guy. It's a guy. Oh, the little Brad. Brad, 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 Brad. Brad. Yes, Brad, Brad. <clears throat> so Brad, we we've learned a lot listening to the Lex Factor um, from you and Brad. Brad. We won't forget that next time. No, it's Brad. Right? Brad. I wrote it down. Okay. Sometimes Brad. I think you call him B Rad on a couple of those. Episodes. Only on the special. Yeah, help special. out his oh, with ego. special occasions. Yeah, special occasions. Like gotta boost that ego. Yeah, when he's having a bad day or feeling a little shorter than usual, we go with B Rad. Uh, me... You want to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do we have sound effects for? <laughs> hey, hey, maybe that he might is on be... fire today. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be branding. Him, Brandy. which is a good segue, wow. Sarah, oh, nice, into, nice. into what we're going to discuss today, which is on every law firm and attorney's mind is marketing. But what does that mean? Well, I think maybe before we jump into that, I mean, give us your background. Oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, so I've literally done marketing my whole life. You know, I uh, graduated college in 2008, so I'm aging myself, clearly. Um, so for about 10 years, I did marketing and PR for a pretty pretty large retail company, international retail company. Um, I left there, went into the CPG world, consumer packaged goods, uh, and then moved kind of back on to where I am today. So... I won't get into too many of the details, but marketing, 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 a little bit of PR, marketing, pretty much my background. So I have to actually say, though, that graduating in 2008 did not <laughs> age you. It aged us. I, I wasn't going to talk about that. But I was showing my age. Not, I know I'm younger than you guys, but I'm showing my age. Well, you're good at what you do, no matter what. That is why we have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. And I think the interesting thing to keep in mind, too, which you don't really think about until you're in these shoes, is that marketing is marketing. I don't want to say that it's industry agnostic because there are obviously differences in who you're marketing to, what you're marketing, but those foundations are the same. The principles are the same. Well, you you hit it right there. And I think that's the biggest struggle that attorneys have, law firms have, is who are they? What What is their identity? And there's an interesting article that our producer pointed out to us, which is in Forbes, which I'm sure you're familiar with as far as on branding and marketing. And it's it's a very interesting read. But what where, where can law firms start with when you're talking about marketing? It's so broad. When you're an attorney and you're thinking about growing your, your practice or you're an attorney who's just hanging their shingle for the first time, mm-hmm. what, what is the first thing that they, they need to consider? 
Yeah. So good question. Um, And honestly, I think it comes back to maybe you're hanging that first shingle or you've been around for a while. I think one of the things we see in this industry is that a lot of firms are behind in marketing, um, especially these smaller firms. You know, if you're large, you have your in-house corporate department. That's a different story. But whether you have one attorney or you have 10 attorneys, a lot of times people in the legal industry are just a little bit further behind when it comes to marketing. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that you're wearing a lot of hats. You know, you're answering your phones, you're doing your marketing, you're practicing law, you're doing your monthly roll up, working in QuickBooks, things like that. And so there's not as much marketing going on that needs to be done. And so when you take that leap, you say, hey, I know I have to do more. I need to bring in more clients. I need to do some marketing they don't really know where to start just because it's not an area that they're experts in. And that's just not advertising in the local paper. Correct. You have to come up with some some type of strategy, right? Well, is there a difference between branding and marketing? Definitely. Two different things. They obviously, they play together and they are both very important and you need both of them, but they are separate. Um, Branding is really establishing who you are. And I think the best way to think about it is to put yourself in their shoes. So you, you're sitting at home, Sarah and Dan, you see an advertisement on the internet. There's a good chance that you may recognize that. Like think of a Nike ad or an Adidas ad or McDonald's. Like you see the colors, you see the slogan, the tagline, you know immediately who it is. You don't necessarily have to read, hey, this is an ad by Nike. This is an ad by McDonald's. You recognize those symbols. So that's branding. So do you start there? Do you start with branding before you dig into the marketing? You should. Yeah, you you should. should. Um, I will say a lot of people, because you don't know how to handle this, that you're kind of doing a little bit of both. You know, ideally, you develop who you are as a brand and you start there. But say, for example, you don't go that route and you're, you know, you're put into a situation. Hey, my client base is slowing down. I need to bring in some new clients. Let me put an ad out there real quick without really thinking about it too much. Um, You're starting with that marketing area. Area, but while you're doing that, you're already putting your branding into play through your marketing. Um, so ideally, it's best to take a step back and really start with your branding. And there's three things that I really like to think about when I think about building a brand and becoming who you are. And, and one is to really understand who your firm is, what are your values, what is your culture like? The second thing is defining who is your target market. And those really play well together because, for example, if your target market is a younger group, that may define what your values are and the tone of voice that you use to talk to your clientele. Whereas maybe you're doing estate planning and it's, it's a little bit of an older group that may define, you know, the type of tone that you're using in your marketing. Maybe it's a little bit more traditional. Maybe it's a little straight to the point and less of that fluffiness, you know, so they kind of play together very well there. Um, Last and most important to me is consistency. So it's not necessarily part of building a brand, but it's what you need to do to make that brand stick. Be consistent. You know, maybe it's, hey, I need to put out a print ad. I need to do it right now. That's going to solve all my problems. No, that's not it. You're not going to build a brand, thinking back to McDonald's, no one's going to remember your logo, your tagline, your colors, unless you're consistent and they see it over and over and over again. And that doesn't necessarily mean 
you know, you run a print ad one month, you have to run it the rest of the year. It's okay, let me run this print ad. Um, Now let me go to an in-person networking event. Okay, this month I'm going to launch some stuff on social. Things like that, just be consistent. And we'll dig into those different channels a little bit further. What about for the attorneys? I look at it in two ways. One, you have the attorneys who are just saying in their shingle and they're They don't know what their identity is. And then you have the firms who are established and they know the practice areas or the brand, I'm guessing, that you you would probably refer that to as. So if you're a a brand new attorney and you don't know what areas of law you want to practice or really what your branding is, what's your advice to to that attorney to at least get their firm name out there? Yeah, definitely. Well, if you don't even know what areas you want to practice in yet, um, I mean, first and foremost, if you knew that information, I would say, look at your clientele, look at your client base. What are the average, you know, demographics of the people coming in your door? Are they a certain age group? Are they a certain sex, a certain race? Things like that. And then you make decisions based on that. Now, if you have no idea, you know, you go into this, I'm not sure, you know, maybe I'll do general practice. Maybe I'll go into criminal. Not really sure yet. I think a good way to start is to evaluate the landscape. You know, look at the, the metropolitan area that you are in, the geography that you're in. How many other firms are there? You know, what practice areas are they in? What branding sticks out to you? So if you're moving into, you know, Missouri, St. Louis, where we are, say you're opening up a law firm here in St. Louis, there's probably a good chance that you've seen commercials, billboards for other law firms in the area. You know, use that as a little bit of help. Don't copy them, but say, okay, there's some big names in this area. Um, I How see their stand up. Exactly. To those? Yeah. Exactly. Like clearly we have big names in this practice area. Maybe I should go somewhere else where there's a little bit more of a need. Um, so I, I rely a lot of on competitors regardless of the industry. I'll tell you what, I could tell you what Dan would do. <laughs> he would plaster his face all over a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard that before. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's his dream. But seriously, that leads me to my question. Or you can do that. I don't, let's not talk about that. Because I, told them, I told them to start small and maybe like a bus stop. Yeah. You know, and then grow. Build okay, but let me ask you a question. Wrap when you, this is this is probably going to get me fired. Um, if you drive down. You, I'm sure you have a great CEO. <laughs> If you drive down the highway and you see a billboard with someone's face on it, do you want to use their their legal services? No. And that was going to be my question. <laughs> Are there any areas of marketing that... Dan's like... <laughs> We'll talk later. I mean, unless you look like Dan Cooney. I'll let me rephrase yeah. that. <laughs> I hear he has a very symmetrical uh, head. So it could really be a symmetrical head, right. Yeah. Uh, no. Meant but, for a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a valid point, and that was going to be my next question. Are there any methods of marketing that are maybe deemed to be outdated now? So your billboard. Oh, well. a buzz. You know what, though? It's yes and no. And, and I think a lot of people will fight me on this one. But if it works for you, it works. And let me give you one example, which I think it just blew my mind. I'll be honest here. We were running radio for Lexicon, Mm -hmm. radio ads. Um, Think about how many people actually listen to traditional radio these days. Not a lot. Um, Think about how many people aren't driving to work right now because they're working from home because of the pandemic. A lot of people. So who's actually listening to radio these days? I can tell you that one of our biggest drivers of software and service demo calls is through the radio. 
So, strangely enough, it works, but the majority of people out there would say, it doesn't work. We got to be more innovative. You know, everything's online, everything's digital, which, yes, digital marketing is huge nowadays and you can't move forward without it. But I don't want to say that there's things that are outdated because there are instances where it will still work for the client depending on their precise needs. That's good what to does know. digital mean? Anything on the internet. So it could be a million different things. You have, you know, say you're on the internet Googling things and an ad pops up. Those are display ads and those are actually served to you based on your activity. They're based on your profile. You know, the internet knows everything about us. They know how old you are. They know what area you work in. They know your search history and you're getting those ads sent to you based on all that. Um, they're sent careful, to you. Sarah. I, I know. Say what kind of ads <laughs> are things, you that, getting? things that you click on. You know, if you click on something, there's a good chance it's going to follow you around and you're going to keep seeing ads for that. I know we all joke about, oh, my God, I just talked about that. Now it's serving me an ad. Um, There's that. There's, you know, um, ads within your email. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those. Like if you have a Gmail account, there's ads at the very top. Mm -hmm. Um, There's advertisements advertisements, excuse me, that are embedded within articles, social media, social media ads. I mean, the, op- the list goes on and on and on. Literally anything online is I, digital marketing. I feel like um, social media, though, we're all incredibly familiar with it, right? Yeah. That it's still somewhat new in the legal industry yeah. to really be able to capitalize on social media and how that potentially brings in that clientele basis that established or brand new attorneys are looking to develop. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think back to my time in, in law firms and it just wasn't really a thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which wasn't that long ago. Right. It, it, no. I mean, what, eight, nine years yeah. ago, it just wasn't a thing that was just for your personal use. Um, but now I see it just blowing up everywhere. Yeah. And it's almost become the norm that if you are going out and let's say you're doing that Google search, for an attorney and whatever practice area you're looking for, um, or just take any service industry for that matter. I don't know about you guys, but if I go out and I do a Google search, Google, Google. if I go out and do a <laughs> Google search um, and they don't have some type of social media presence, I actually question how well established are they. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you said that because you were like, you're reading my mind here. Um, but it's very common, unfortunately. And this is why I hope... Hopefully you guys have somebody on the show later on that can speak specifically to digital marketing. Um, There's a reason that people do it for a living. It is a full-time job. Literally things change on a daily basis. You've probably heard Google has these algorithms. So does Facebook. Their rules change every day. And it's a lot to keep on top of. But I'm glad you brought it up, Sarah. I don't have the the number off the top of my head, but I think it's something like 75-80% of potential clients actually do a Google search before they're, when they're looking for for legal help. And so the idea, like you said, if a Facebook or Instagram, Twitter page doesn't pop up, um, websites still don't pop up. Not everybody has a website. But even most importantly, you guys have probably noticed, say you're Googling a law firm and you'll see like a little business profile pop up when you Google Google their name. See, I can't say it's Google because you can't right? say Google. <laughs> um, it usually gives like a link to their website, some reviews, their hours, things like that, their address. That's your Google My Business profile. And that is extremely extremely important as well, because that's something where people can actually populate reviews. So if you know that literally almost 80 something percent of people are looking for a lawyer online, why would you not make sure that your online presence is there and it's positive and robust? And the thing is something like your Google My Business profile, 
asking your clients for reviews when they're done working with you, setting up a Facebook page. Those are free. You don't have to put any money behind those. So, you know, one, maybe you don't have a huge marketing budget or two, you don't really know how to begin marketing. Those are easy ways that you can start to get your name out there. What about these rumors you have to pay to play? (laughs) It's not as if you, you, you just put your name out there and then if someone wants to Google it, which is now a verb these days, right? I'll yeah. just go Google it. How do I get my my firm name up there? Especially yeah. if, if I'm not well-known and I just graduated or I'm thinking about branching out and no one really knows me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, but it can be done. So I will actually, we, we wrote a blog post a couple weeks ago about SEO, search engine optimization. So that blog post is probably a little bit more up to speed than I am. So I will send you guys to go read that on our website. But it's actually really cool how it all works. You know, you can, you can pay to play, you can pay to get your name towards the top of Google search results. But say you don't have a huge budget, there's other things you can do too. There's free resources out there that will tell you commonly searched words. So if you're looking for a divorce attorney, you can go to this website and it will say, hey, people are searching for these terms when they're looking for a divorce lawyer. So you can make sure that you're using that terminology on your website, you know, on your Facebook page and the posts that you're writing, things like that. Or even when you're emailing your potential clients and clients using verbiage like that, just to help resonate with them, it shows that you you know what's going on, but you're able to kind of speak that speak and and utilize that to get you to the top of search results. Now, the thing to keep in mind is if there's some really big competitors in your area and they have a huge budget, they're going to be bidding on those search terms to get to the top of the Google search results. So it's like a game. There's a lot to consider there, but I will point them back to the the blog post just because there's some really good information there. And that's your blog post? Um, Well, I did not personally write it, but yes, our, our content team here at Lexicon wrote it. So... It's on lexiconservices.com. Where, Dan, do you think you fall on the Google search? I haven't checked in a while. I was number one. Oh, <laughs> the number one Dan Cunio. <laughs> How many do you think there are? Um, you That's know what? Hilarious. We're going to have to look into that. And next time to we get talk Dan marketing. Dan and Sarah? No, just Dan. Oh, just Dan. Just okay. Dan. What, but what if I'm an attorney and I don't have the time to do this? And I want someone to tell me to put these certain buzzwords in there. What do I do? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you have you have partners that you can rely on. Marketing is something that we offer here at Lexicon. Um, but what I like to do when I'm talking to our potential clients here at Lexicon, like there is always something else that you can do on your own. Obviously, we're experts here. We've been doing marketing and other things for law firms for over a decade. But you can do something on your own. You can set up a Facebook page. You can write a blog post. It's even about, you know, people do when they finally do come to your website. If you have a blog section on there, it shows that you're engaged with your clients in your practice area. It shows that you're an expert. Um, and, And honestly, a lot of times when people are looking for a lawyer, they're probably going through something that isn't ideal. So any way that you can engage with them and show that you're a real person, you know, is it putting a picture of of yourself on your website doing one of your hobbies, you know, you and your dog. Stanley. Um, Stanley. (laughs) Having you and Stanley, Dan, on your website, or is it having that blog post? Anything that shows, hey, I'm a real person and I know what I'm talking about is going to help those people when when they're looking for a lawyer and most likely in need of some kind of comfort. We had an episode to where we were talking about this uh, word that began with a B and we got censored saying it, but it was budget. 
Oh. Or as I would say, I was like, budget. what is this B word? I know. It's a bad it, it, one. Sarah doesn't I... have a budget. That's, that, that's the one to take away. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. My All right, husband, how do I get like Sarah? <laughs> husband heard that on the podcast and he was I'm texting he, he him said, now. we need to talk. <laughs> we need to discuss this oh further. My God. But what would you recommend for the percentage of revenue to be spent on marketing? And how would you break that down? Yeah. It just seems it's so overwhelming. So I would say if if you're in a good place and you do have some money to play with, probably around 10%. And that's that's a little on the higher side. So most firms and companies are coming in a little lower, but the goal would be about 10%. But going to back to what you said, Dan, like you have to, yes, you have to spend money to make money. And if you don't have that marketing budget, you can make it happen. But there is so much that you can do with money. Um, there's so many experts out there that can help you do what you need to do. It really does make a difference. Or even, you know, think about networking events. A lot of times you may have to put a little money to to sponsor an event just to get your name and your face in front of people in person. Um, but I think it's really important. But the thing is, if you don't have that marketing budget, you do. You have to put in a lot of work, but it's doable. It's definitely doable. Finance Dan told us, he said, if I were to sit here with um, one of my marketing brothers, sisters, you know, uh, they would probably tell you that this you would needed be an amazing to spend episode. a little bit more. And and I actually offered up a duel, a duel between finance and marketing, oh. but he um he turned me down. He thought yeah. it would be just a lot of talking. Because he knew I could take another, him. Right? <laughs> he knew I could take him. That's he, why he was nervous to combat with Lauren. But um, that <laughs> that percentage actually even shocked me a little bit. Well, people I, most likely don't have it. I yeah. mean, ideally perfect world, that would be amazing. But, but I like, though, that even though you're saying ideally this is where it should be, that you're able to offer other alternative options to people. Like you said, yeah. if you're willing to work for it, there are free options, um, options at a lower cost, or even potentially working with that partnership, that vendor, such as a lexicon to yeah. help you do these things. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to the first question you guys asked me about developing your brand. One, you need to understand who your target market is, and that's going to drive your marketing. So it could be, let's go back to estate planning. And I actually kind of hate to use this as an, as an example, because I think a lot of firms see estate planning and they see someone who's older as their typical client base. Um, so on the flip side, just my little non-marketing tip for the day, you do need to be targeting those younger clients in estate planning. You know, once they get married, once their kids are of age, you know what I mean? That's a prime opportunity for estate planning, but we're still going to use estate planning as an example because the majority of firms really do focus on that older clientele. So think about your older clientele. What are they doing? Are they on Facebook every day? Mm, probably not. You know what I mean? They could be nowadays. People are catching up. Probably not. Uh, they're probably at home a lot because they're retired. So radio is going to be a no for you. But what do they do in their spare time? How are they consuming their media? And these are things that you can just Google and find out. And once you get that information, use it. And that's where you invest the little dollars that you have. So if you don't have a ton of money, learn your target market back and front. Make sure when clients are coming in, you're asking them, how did you hear about me? Why did you choose? choose me and use all that data to set somewhat of a, a benchmark so you know, hey, once I start marketing, this is where I was before, this is where I am now, but use that data to make good decisions, especially if you don't, uh, either way, whether you have money or not, but especially if you're working with very little budget. How important is a website to have? Very important. If you don't have a website at this day and age, 
Um, people are going elsewhere. Yeah, right? I'm like, they're, they're I was like, how do elsewhere. I say this nicely? Just you're you're losing business. People are going to your competitors. You know, it's it's 2022. We literally have free reign of anything we want. We can get anything in two days from Amazon. We can Google anything we want. If we're looking for specific needs and you don't even have a website to answer my questions, I'm going to go to the 4,000 other lawyers in your area that have a website, that have blog posts, that have social pages built out. They're engaging with their social pages, engaging with their clients. It's a buyer's market. We literally can choose anybody we want. So if you're not meeting our needs, we're going to go somewhere else. Any pitfalls if um, law firm or attorney, they have this website, mm-hmm. but it's just outdated Yep, or It's honestly basic, just as bad. Just as you bad. Know, and I think it comes down to who your client base is. If it is maybe an older client base who is a little less up to speed with innovation and what's available nowadays, you can probably get by with it. But having no website versus having a bad website, they're equal in a marketer's mind. Imagine yourselves Googling. You're looking for a lawyer and you come across a pretty poor website and you're like, wow, this stuff doesn't work. This looks like it was built in 1982. Um, there's spelling errors. What would you want to give them your business? I would probably question: Did I build that website? Because <laughs> that's what it would look well, like. You really exactly. have to. You have to educate attorneys, and, and I can say we because I was a partner at a very large uh, litigation firm here in the country, and. We are far behind um, as far as on marketing and social media. I mean, I can speak personally. I just discovered Twitter last year, I think. (laughs) I have no idea about Instagram. I have no idea about... Instagram is where it's at. We'll we'll talk after this. TikTok? No. I mean, I'm I'm still on AOL, if that's the thing. Oh, what? (laughs) What? What did he just say? I I like that saying. You've got mail. I don't really know how to... Can we take a break? I don't know how to proceed. Is it like, does it dial up too? Do you get the little... (laughs) No. But I think in all honesty, no one in this industry should feel out of place or feel like they're not doing something that their competitors are doing just because it is so common in this industry for lawyers to be behind, whether it's marketing, maybe it's operations, whatever. It's just an industry that is a little bit more traditional Mm -hmm. and a little slower to innovate. So don't at all feel like you're the only one out there. Like this, this is a problem. This is why we're having this, this episode. This is a problem. You know, it's a problem. Wait, wh- why are you pointing to me when you say that? I was <laughs> just making eye contact with my wonderful host. Um, so Lauren, I think this has been incredibly informative. I think you've provided a number of options, no matter what the budget <laughs> looks like. But for our listeners, I mm-hmm. mean, wrap it up in a pretty bow. Three takeaways. You are just hanging that shingle, as Dan likes to say. I like to reference the crooked, you know, bar license in a frame. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, three takeaways. I mean, really, how do they kick this off and get it off the ground? Yeah, three takeaways for me would be understand your target market. Who are your clients? Who do you want to be your clients? And do some research on them. You know, go online, figure out what makes them tick, what kind of media they're consuming, uh, things like that. And that can be free. And I'm talking free here. So without having to spend any money. And I think after that, it's really about consistency. Don't do one thing and assume you're done. You know, don't post once a week on Facebook and be like, hey, I posted, I'm done. 
post every single week. Post a couple times a week. If people leave you a comment, respond. Just make sure that your name is always out there. Even if you are spending a lot of money and you're doing billboards, you're doing online ads, make it consistent. Don't do it one month and stop because you saw you know, 50% more clients come in your door. Keep it going. And that's how you build that brand recognition. The more they see you, the more that they're going to remember you. And that's kind of two, two and a half, three, but that's really it. Understand who your clients are or who you want them to be and be consistent. And that's something you can do on your own without any help. You know, I feel we can break this down even further. Would you be willing to come back? Really? Oh, I, I I think you've graduated. I think really? we can oh, we can extend guys. that that offer. It was a, it was a little nerve wracking being on this end because I feel like literally all the pressure is on me. Actually, no, you I felt obligated to say that because you are hosting another. <laughs> we we say it to podcast all our on that guests. Factor. No. Do they? Do they <laughs> no, you are no. special. You I will come back. I will come back. Hey, you might be on that bus with Dan's face wrapped all around well, it. We, we know it won't be <laughs> Sarah. No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for taking time out to to come and talk to us about marketing. There's just so much that we can cover. So I look forward to discussing this a little bit more detail later. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of thanks, course. Lauren. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Entrepreneurial Lawyer. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, presented by Lexicon. Lexicon is a legal software and services provider that enables lawyers to do what they do best, practice law. Tune in next time with our hosts and be sure to subscribe and leave your review on your preferred podcast streaming platform or by visiting lexiconservices.com.